Uh, one of the things that we've heard that we think rings really true, I'm not sure who said it, but something like, um, you know, AI won't replace people's jobs, but um, people who are using AI will replace people who aren't using AI. How do you get 10,000 people to take a step to the left? What's behind the relentless mindset of a world champion? Why do teams of exceptional talent fail? How do you manage the pressure to perform? These are some of the curious questions we will attempt to answer as we bring you world leaders, curious minds, exceptional talent, successful CEOs, and incredible human beings who know how to inspire great leaders and are inspiring great leaders themselves. I am Craig Johns, high performance leadership expert, international speaker, and CEO of Speakers Institute Corporate and World Sport Coach. This is the Inspiring Great Leaders podcast with the ordinary don't belong. Welcome to the Inspiring Great Leaders podcast. Our guest today lives in the world of video production and has produced music videos for Sony Music Entertainment artists such as 3-6 Mafia and Juicy J. He loves creating advertisements for businesses and is the head video producer for Envy Creatives. With an impressive background in film and media studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, film and TV production at Moorpark College, and the Director Intensive Program Cinematography and Film Production at the University of Southern California School of Cinema. He brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the world of video. His value as a video producer lies in his ability to look at the big picture and bring out the innermost creativity of each product. He has had the opportunity to gather, edit, and prepare media and metadata for platforms such as Netflix, Hulu, iTunes, and Amazon. I have the pleasure of introducing a person with a sharp eye for detail who loves creating great commercials, advertisements, and videos for businesses, products, and brands. Please welcome creative genius, Mike Vanelli. <laughs> Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. That's good. So you're currently there based in Los Angeles. Uh, tell me, did you grow up in LA uh, and what was the big dream as a child? Uh, so I actually grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, so all the way across the country. And I lived there until about high school and um, really wanted to you know, get into the, the film and entertainment business. And so, uh, so my, my mom pretty much said, hey, we can move out to California for a few years for you to kind of establish, you know, yourself, uh, go to high school and then, you know, go, go do your thing and then we'll move back. So they moved back after high school. I stayed out here and, um, you know, like, like a lot of, uh, like a lot of film and TV people, you know, we all want to get into movies and TV production, which, you know, hopefully someday, but, um, you normally have to uh, you normally have to put up your own money to be able to you know build that portfolio instead of say uh, commercials where people are paying you to to be creative. So so that's uh, that's kind of the the industry that I got into. That you know still get to be creative, still get to uh, do a different thing every day. Brilliant. I mean, how cool is that to have parents that will just move you know Ohio, completely different <laughs> um, place to LA, just up and move so you could fulfill your dream uh, and, you know, be able to take a back seat in their own careers and lives, I'm sure, to, to do that, which is uh, pretty profound. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really great. And so growing up uh, through that time, you know, obviously looking at the world of um, getting into entertainment, the movie world and, and all those kind of areas, uh, for, for you, who was someone you really looked up to during that time and kind of it, it, it kind of gave you that goal and dream and, and then inspired you for, for what was possible. Um, I mean, it's going to be pretty cliche, but you know, I, I like a lot of filmmakers, you know, I did follow Steven Spielberg and he kind of like, 
he kind of started out um, just in an editing room and kind of started out doing stuff for free and then just moved his way up up the industry. Obviously, I have a different trajectory than him. But uh, but yeah, you know, he's he's somebody that I always looked up to. And, you know, his um, his career path as well, just, you know, consistently making good work, not really having any any stinkers to <laughs> to, uh, you know, to speak of. And um, and yeah, you know, he didn't he didn't really know anybody in the industry and he just kind of paved, paved his own way, which, you know, I definitely appreciate and which I'm trying to do as well. So, yeah, fantastic. And what's his uh, favorite uh, movie that he produced? Uh, I, I I don't think that I don't think that he has a favorite movie that he's produced. I think that he has like other people's favorite movies. Like I know he was a big Alfred Hitchcock fan. And so he has. He has other people's favorite movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Definitely. Uh, which is good. And obviously, you know, moving to LA, what were for you going into that, into the kind of entertainment movie kind of space, um, the production and creative design, creative space? What, what for you allowed you to kind of establish yourself in the industry and you know now create your own business? Sure. So, uh, you know video production's always been, you know, a passion of mine, but, um, so after, after high school and in college, I, I knew I wanted to, you know, start making, um, you know, studying's great, but actually producing is better, you know, getting, getting hands-on. And so uh, I started, I started, um, uh, making music video. Basically, I wanted to think of something where I could not only, um, be creative and produce videos, but also that I would be getting paid for it eventually, hopefully. And so, um, and so I started out just doing music videos, uh, for free for some people just to get under my belt because, um, doing commercials was a little bit too far out, uh, bandwidth and experience wise for me. So I just wasn't quite, quite ready there yet. Uh, and so I started doing some for free and then a friend of mine, uh, worked for three, six mafia and they needed a new, um, uh, video producer. And so, uh, I did a couple of those for free as well. And they really liked what I did. And so I stayed on with them for a while to, um, to produce music videos for them as well as some other, uh, big artists out there. Um, but then it got to the point where, um, it wasn't. It wasn't repetitive, but I just I wanted to move out of the music video space now that I had enough uh, experience under my belt. And the other, you know, the other side of the coin for producing content or producing videos for for people paying you is commercial. And so, um, so yeah, I again I had to kind of start over where I had to start doing stuff for uh, little to no budgets for companies. Uh, just to build up a portfolio and then, yeah. And then the rest is history just kept doing that until I could, you know, get, get bigger clients and, and, you know, now I have my own studio and staff that that's, that's what we do. Brilliant. So when you, you know, when you look at say a music video versus a, um, an advertisement or commercial, you know, what are the differences between the two types of video when you're thinking about producing something like that? Sure. Yeah. So with the with the music video, um, you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of hip hop and rap music videos. So really, there's kind of only so much you can you can do with the the style and the cutting and the storyline without uh, kind of you know getting repetitive. So really trying to do something different, you know, every every time was um, you know. It, it was a little hard just because uh, it wasn't really a client that it was in a marketing department approving uh, like the ideas and stuff. It was the artist. And because because they're an artist, not in marketing or whatever, you know, the the song that they've produced, they you know, it's their baby. So they <laughs> they're very particular when it comes to that. And they kind of trust themselves more than um you know, more than the the producer, the the video producer. So it was a lot of uh, needing to listen to the artist and really hear what they want to do and kind of do it regardless if if you thought it was a good idea or not. Um, 
And, you know, in a way to commercials, it is a little bit similar because obviously we have to listen to the client. We have to listen to what their wants and needs are. But because we have so much experience under our belt when we're writing the scripts, when we're producing the content, uh, you know, they do give us a lot of uh, trust in in making their videos because they know that uh, we're the experts in it. Um, you know, even if they have a background, you know, our our portfolio and, and our and our uh, client list kind of speaks for itself that, you know, hey, these guys know what they're doing and, and they get results. So. So let's let's leave it let's leave it to them. Yeah. So are, are you are you creating uh, kind of the advertisement commercials etc. purely for social media or is it also for TV? Uh, we've we've done we've done it for TV and uh, so we call it like mass medium. So TV, radio, uh, pre roll at movie theaters, stuff like that. So we've done it for those. Uh, we don't do them that often anymore. We might get one or two per year. Um, and usually those start out as online advertisements and then they come back and they say, hey, we need to tweak this. We want to put it on TV. Mm. So but 99 percent of what we do is is, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, even on uh, other platforms like Hulu and, and things like that, you know, where, where you see ads in between the in between the TV shows. So is there a difference, you know, when you're looking at being on TV or being on radio um, or doing it for social media, the structure of how you would do that advertisement or commercial, is is it different for each medium or is it pretty much the same formula, maybe different different lengths of time? How does it work? Yeah, so, so when it comes to TV, uh, normally when people are watching that, they are in front of their phone, computer or television, and they are invested to whatever they're watching. So normally a TV show or a movie. So really the only thing, the only goal that we have when it comes to that, those kind of ads are really to just make sure that they, uh, don't look down at their phone instead of looking at the TV. So, you know, we try to, uh, we try to make it exciting. We try to maybe, um, have it be a little louder. So, uh, like more things going on. So it kind of gets their attention away from, you know, going, you know, they want to stay there and watch it, um, until they get back to their normal content with other things like say YouTube or, or TikTok or, or Instagram, Facebook. Um, we really want to try to grab their content in the first couple seconds, because if not that they're going to scroll past or they're going to, you know, press the skip button. So, so when it comes to, you know, a lot of the online ads, uh, you really have to grab their attention in the first few seconds and try to keep their attention rather than just kind of making it like a, hey, look over here, look at look at our ad, which, you know, is is pretty much how it is on the TV. You just want them to look up and, and yeah. watch, but they're still invested. So it's not like they're going to, you know, switch away, you know, to another to another channel or another uh, another show. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I, I know I've lived around the world and when I go home to New Zealand, I'm always curious because I think they're very clever at the way they do the advertisements. And I am like, dad's like trying to flick channels. I'm like, no, just stay on the advertisements because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not that I want to buy. I just enjoy them, um, yeah. which I think is good. Whereas here in Australia, I get bored very fast. So don't, don't tell <laughs> people in Australia that they don't like their ads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, you know, looking now, you know, there's been so much talk over the last years around that attention spans are shorter. However, you know, I was mentioning to you just before we came on, we've now got Nissan with a four hour advertisement. Uh, if it's captivating, right, you, you can hold people's attention for a long period of time. I, when you look at, you know, building out advertisement commercials in social media, for instance, where the... Uh, you know, the attention there is, is a scroll, like they're kind of flicking between things pretty fast quite often. Mm -hmm. Can you still have longer advertisements or commercials online uh, in that social media space or, or is just that recipe, it's got to be short, sharp, straight to the point um, and, and then try and get them to come back for more later on? Yeah, I mean, you still can definitely do longer ads and, you know, we've, We've done that for, uh, you know, for some clients, especially on, you know, YouTube and Facebook ads. 
Um, one of the things that we just always have to keep in mind for those is you can't really let there be a lull in the video. So uh, if you if we grab them in the first couple seconds, we kind of have to keep that excitement going. We have to you know make sure that whatever is coming in the video, they want to know what happens next because if they if it gets boring or maybe there's a little bit of a lull in in the you know in the script in the story and the movement and the camera a lot of different things then they might say okay you know i i don't really want to know what happens next so you just have to structure the videos and you have to structure the script in a way that they're always wanting to just watch it all the way through see what happens next you know see what happens at the end uh so when it comes to that it does kind of have to do a lot with like storytelling where you mm -hmm. want you want to you know you want to hook at the beginning but then you want a story all the way through so that they want to learn what happens yeah okay excellent which is i had said it's good now for you you've done i think you and your team have done well over four thousand commercials so for you how do you find that space to be constantly being creative innovative taking things to, to the next level uh is that something that happens on a daily basis or, or do you find you there's a certain space or environment where you where that creative juice really comes to life i mean honestly we you know and we've talked with colleagues about this too that you know are in the in the commercial video production space too but we really get uh influences and ideas from other advertisers so you know we we watch a lot of TikTok ads and we watch a lot of, like when we're on YouTube, we we never skip by the ads, you know, uh, we're, when we're on all the social medias. Yeah, we we try to watch other people's ads, not only not only, you know, we never like steal the ideas, but, you know, just to get, uh, you know, to see what other ideas are out there. And, and if we see enough of one type of ad, we can we can assume that that's trending right now, you know, that type of ads so you know we probably want to uh, hop on that for clients to make sure that their ads are you know up to date and on trend and so yeah so you know we we do we do try to keep up with you know with the trends and everything but yeah a lot of a lot of uh a lot of the inspiration just comes from watching what other people are doing and like i said colleagues of ours that are in the same space you know they say the same thing they just watch what what others are doing to to get inspiration as well yeah as a good friend of mine would always say that if you take from one person it's called stealing if you take from many people it's called research so yep, uh, a exactly. great way to look <laughs> get your ideas um in that space now i'm not sure if you've come across a guy named ben jones uh, who I think he has a team at Google and they okay. did a whole lot of work around YouTube ads. I, I found him really fascinating to hear how, what they are doing in the analysis of how to hold people's attention, how long, all these sort of things, what they do when they give you that chance to skip the ad, et cetera. I think, um, I think he's done, I think they do something around skippable ads, skippable ads or something like that. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe check that out if you haven't seen him already. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, in this space so from if someone's you're know, looking at getting an advertisement done or a commercial done what are some of the things they need to think about first um so that it makes your job a lot easier yeah so um so we actually uh you know because we've done so many ads because we've we've uh been in the space for so long we pretty much uh you know we have uh script writers in-house so um I'd say more than 90% of the videos that we produce, we write the scripts for as well. So that, you know, so that clients can be as involved as they want. So if they come to us and they just say, Hey, this is our brand, this is our product. We don't know what we want. You guys are the experts. Here's some information, make us a video, then we can do that. No problem. And they just have to sit back and, and wait for, you know, they have to approve the script, but then after that, they just sit back and wait for the video. Um, you know, but if they come and they have an idea or a concept or a script already, we can all, always, always work with them for that. So, uh, so we actually have like a order form that clients can just fill out and they, uh, it's everything that we would need to make their video and, uh, they can, you know, we've done so many videos, we know exactly how much, uh, videos cost. And so they can just get an instant quote or they can save the quote for later. 
Um, you know, because we say we live in the future, so people shouldn't have to like hop on a call or people shouldn't have to, you know, do, do, uh, do, you know, meetings with companies if, if they, if they can just fill out a form online, you know, like you would on Amazon. Um, we all, you know, we all, we do have the option on our website to Mm -hmm. schedule a call with us or send us an email or whatever. But, um, you know, a lot of clients just like the the ability to say, like, I have this idea right now. Let's just get it started, because the longer the longer I wait, the, you know, the longer it'll be until we can launch. So, you know, that gives them the ability to just get a get a quote right then. And and all they have to do is just fill out a form and, and we know exactly what they need, just like target audience, you know, send us the link to their website, give us some description. And then a few other things like what style they want, if they want it funny or serious, things like that. How important is the relationship with the actual people in the the company or the business that's coming to you with the actual audience? So, you know, having a face or faces um, or people even speaking from that company, you know, how important can that be for some industry, uh, some businesses? Um believe it or not, not very important. Really, the only types of videos we produce that uh, we do recommend having somebody from the company uh, on camera are crowdfunding videos for like Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Um, just because, you know, that is them, it's it's their product, it hasn't even come to market. So, you know, them uh, getting to see their face does help a little bit. But for the most part, you know, if if you just look at any advertisement out there, there's actors that are just portraying working for the company or that, um, you know, that that uh, just um, are portraying a customer of the company. So so really, we always tell clients that that they can be in the video if they want and we'll coach them on, you know, how to record themselves. And they, you know, they normally just send us a, a video clip on their phone or whatever, and then we'll insert that. But other than that, you know, <laughs> you, you would think that people would want to see them, but because we have trained actors that are meant, uh, that are, you know, trained to sound natural on camera. Um, if you're not an actor and you don't have that experience, it, it is hard to sound natural on camera when you're not, when you're not used oh, to that. So, so usually if we do, uh, have clients that want to be on camera, we have to, give them a fair amount of coaching to, to make it sound, <laughs> to make it sound good. So it doesn't, it doesn't sound unnatural. Uh, yeah, they tend to go into uh, performance mode or, or stage mode versus actually exactly. just being themselves, being a human being. It's very difficult and see it a lot all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously over the last couple of years, you got hit by the pandemic. How, how did the, the last few years affect your business or was it just you're able to continue on as is? What was the shift for you? So thankfully, since we're in Los Angeles, um, there, you know, and, and film and TV production are one of the bread and butter of a lot of people's lives out here. Uh, we, we weren't able to film on set, um, uh, for, probably about a month. And thankfully we did have a decent amount of backlog, um, projects that we already shot. So all, all we had to do was, you know, be working on the edits for those and the post-production. And, uh, you know, we, we were able to, we were able to make it through that month. Okay. Because when it came to the tail end and we haven't started filming stuff, obviously people understood. Um, but because it's Los Angeles, like I said, it only took about a month for them to lift some restrictions. And with that, you know, they did put a lot of uh, COVID protocols in studios, pretty much saying, hey, you're allowed to shoot, uh, you're allowed to film, but only with the uh, kind of the bare essential filming staff. Um, Nobody that pretty much uh, nobody that doesn't need to be on set can be on set. So none of your administration, none of your back office, they all still have to work from home. So um, so when we were able to come in back uh, to film, like I was here, our production assistants were here, um, our head of post-production was here because he kind of oversees, you know, visual effects and things like that. But uh, people like our accounts manager and our script writers and stuff like all they still had to they still had to work from home and it took a while for them to, to get back in. So so for the industry we're in, thankfully, it wasn't too rough because uh, 
where we're located, you know, they really tried to to make it so people could go back to work pretty soon. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I imagine that you know it was it was harder on other industries, but but thankfully we because of the location we're at, we were saved a little bit. <laughs> You've shared so far a little bit around you know your different teams. So are they all back in the office now, or are they or is there kind of flexibility on where some some of them can work? Obviously, if you need to be in front of a camera or certain things like that, you have to go yeah. where the work is. But what what are you exactly. saying? A bit of a change or not? Um, so really the only, the only staff that, that is kind of doing like a hybrid still, um, and that's, and that's, um, you know, originally they came back in, but then, you know, it was kind of up to me whether, whether or not the hybrid was, uh, if they were able to do it or not. So really the only, the only ones that are able to do that are the script writers, because I mean, they still come in, uh, two days a week because when we get products in from clients, um, you know, they, sh they need to be able to hold them and see them and, and things yeah. like that, rather than just looking on their Amazon listing. But, um, yeah, other than that, the, re the rest of us are, are back here. Um, it's mainly because we have, uh, when, when our editors were working from home, you know, we had to set them up with like hard drives and we had to, you know, we had to, there was a lot of uploads and downloads and, and you know, handing off hard drives and things like that. Um, you know, we have a, we have big file servers here that have all of our projects and everybody can work off those from their workstations. And so it's just not, it's not very practical for post-production to work from home. Um, especially when, you know, they're kind of working on whatever computer they, mm. you know, they can, or, or we'd have to, you know, buy them one yeah. <laughs> when we have them here at the studio. So, uh, so yeah. And then, um, and yeah, obviously the production team has to be here in, in person to film. Yeah, very good. So over the last, oh, I mean, look, it's been around a long time, but we're seeing a lot more, uh, kind of seems to be exponential right now is the kind of technology that's coming out in regards to, you know, what people can do on their phones from a just recording videos to video production, even some of the automated artificial intelligence type software that's out there that can you know you can give it prompts and it will curate advertisements or commercials and things like that how is that shifting the way you work is it supporting it is it kind of embedded into what you do what, what are you seeing so when it comes to the actual production um we're we're actually not seeing a big a big change when it comes to filming um you know, I know there are some that uh, they do like uh, AI avatars that, you know, look like real people or were created, you know, based on real people and, and they talk great. They're still a little stiff. They're not quite there yet. But um, yeah, other than that, like the the actual production aspect, I don't think hasn't hasn't really or the the AI and, and all that hasn't really caught up to the production aspect because, you know, you can't, there's no real good replacement for uh, filming a, you know, custom live action video content. Um, you know, even with people's phones, you know, yes, you can film a, a, an ad, a UGC ad selfie style uh, with your phone. But if you want the like good production quality, then it does show, you know, we have one of our cameras, we have rigged specifically vertically, and we have everything uh rigged up so that um you know we have a little handle underneath so the actor actually grabs the handle so that uh when i'm moving the camera around their ha their hand is moving with it and it looks like they're taking a selfie style but actually it's me behind the camera we have our like professional microphone so so we're rigging it to look like it's a um you know user generated content but we're filming with all of our professional gear and all of our uh you know professional workflow so that so that people will say like oh that's a really good looking you know <laughs> uh user generated content um really the most thing that we're using uh kind of AI and all that towards is when it comes to um kind of being like a collaborative script writer. So mm -hmm. for instance, uh, you know, we're not using it to write the scripts, but we're using it when we need to kind of bounce ideas off or maybe get ideas that we're just having trouble thinking of. 
So for instance, we were doing a, a commercial for a bike company and for the, you know, we just couldn't think of, uh, they wanted jokes about bicycling and we just couldn't think of any jokes about bicycling. So, you know, we went into chat GPT said, give us 10 jokes, you know, about bicycling. And so they gave us a bunch and we used a couple that we thought were pretty good. You know, it was like, uh, oh, well, well, it really grinds my gears and, and, uh, oh, this is like, you know, like, uh, you know, we're, we're just backpedaling here. And mm. so, yeah, so, yeah. uh, yeah. So, so when it comes to that, you know, that's a really, that's a really good way. Uh, one of the things that we've heard that we think rings really true. I'm not sure who said it, but something like, um, you know, AI won't replace people's jobs, but, um, people who are using AI will replace people who aren't using AI yeah. and just, you know, that's kind of how it is. And, and yeah, I mean, we've, we've liked it. We've benefited from it. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, lo I love the use of it, uh, as a, and being resourceful around, you know, what's coming through and it's hundred percent, you know, how, how can you leverage technology going forward more and more? Um, rather than thinking it as replacing someone, it's like, how do you leverage it? Uh, which, which will happen in a lot of places. In regards to, you know, when I think about consumers, do they, do they care much about the quality of the actual video um, versus is, is there more of what the audio is and the content um, and the storytelling, is that more important than the actual quality of the video? Or is the quality of video so crucial now when it comes to um, being able to get cut through in advertisements and commercials? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. So, um, you know, doing the storyline part, doing the actual content of the video does still play a big part. So, you know, you need to, you know, you need to show off the product in a way that, uh, you know, resonates with the viewer, you need to grab them, you need to hold them. Um, but, you know, on the other side, uh, it, you know, people, people can argue and even we've, we've done some content where um, it's meant to look uh, not as well produced. Um, and especially with those like normal uh, user generated content UGC, uh, we see that a lot in either startups or individuals or, or people that don't have like a very big marketing budget, which is fine. Um, but, you know, a lot of uh, one of the rules of thumb is is audio is half of video. So, you know, if you even if your video is really good, but your audio is not that great and they can't understand you clearly, especially with advertisements, you know, you, you want to make sure that if you're speaking or if there's voiceover, they hear exactly what you're saying. Nothing's garbled because then uh, you don't want them to misinterpret anything about the brand or product. And so, um, you know, that's why we continue to use our professional gear and equipment to make sure that everything looks great. Um, but especially when it comes to our, our higher end clients, um, you know, like the fortune 500 clients, uh, they, they never want the, the user generated content to look unprofessional. They always want it to look professional. They always want, mm. you know, they always want a, a, a clear video. They always want crystal clear audio. So they, so they never want it to just look like, you know, um, somebody with their phone, you know, well, they, they don't want it to look like it was recorded with a phone, but they still might want it to look like they did record it with their phone, even though they didn't, if mm. that makes sense. So, so yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, the quality of it. In regards to uh, thinking about kind of the storytelling of video, uh, I mean, of when you were looking at, uh, obviously when we look at a movie, right? We look at more of a hero's journey type approach to storytelling. When we're looking at commercials and advertisements, you get a short period of time. So what type of storytelling are we seeing in advertisements and commercials? So uh, with with our ads, we have um, we have a few different categories that when when clients are ordering with us, we give them the choice for um, the the style of, of video that they want. So uh, one, we have a spokesperson and that's pretty much just somebody in front of the camera talking about the product and what it does and this and that. And those don't really have a, those don't really have a big story. And if not the, or if they do, the story's kind of in the background, you know, maybe they're, um, they're talking and somebody else in the background, it's kind of their story. 
so that's kind of one angle where the story really isn't up and up up front. It's mainly the uh, spokesperson that's just talking about the product. Um, we have other ones that are kind of more um, uh, lifestyle, and that's kind of more of that's kind of more of a story where we it's more cinematic. We follow somebody or we follow multiple people throughout their day or throughout like their use of the product. Uh, usually there's no um, people talking and and if anything, there's just a voiceover. And that's kind of where we get to like, oh, how can we tell this story? How can we show the product uh, like day in the life without anybody talking? Um, and then we have like a, a demo video where where it's kind of similar. Uh, it's kind of like a mix between the two where it's actually somebody using the product. They're like, oh, I, I wake up in the morning and, you know, I you know, I grab this coffee and then it kind of shows them going through that. So, so there's some ads that rely not really on story at all. It's mainly just talking about the product. There's some ads mm -hmm. that rely just on visuals and story. And then, you know, we kind of marry the, the two in between for, for that. It really, it really just depends on, you know, what, what the client wants and what their product is. So like if it, if it needs a lot of explanation, we'll say go with the, uh, you know, go with the the um, spokesperson ad. If if it doesn't really need a lot of explanation, if it's like a you know a water bottle and they just want to show people using it, then we might go with the more um, lifestyle cinematic. You know, where we don't really need to hear a lot because it's a water bottle. <laughs> so so yeah. So there's there's lots of different categories when it comes to that. Mm. Okay, so lots of different approaches people can take. When I think about advertisements or commercials, realistically, you're in change management. You're getting someone to change a product that they use. You're getting them to uh, change the way they do something. Uh, and obviously the key things in change management are one is creating a sense of urgency. One is having clarity on what it is. And then thirdly, most importantly, is being able to visualize what the future is going to look like. That After the change, what are we going to be able to see? And so being able to do that quickly when we think about the creating a sense of urgency obviously it's either amplifying or magnifying a problem or a fear of missing out on a new opportunity and so is that something that's really um you know i think of that from a change perspective when you're creating those advertisements or commercials is that something that you take into consideration with the clients around okay what problem are you addressing or what opportunity can we create and then how do we amplify that to to create that sense of, I must get this now, or I have to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, um, I, I'd say for the most part, most of the videos that we do are, uh, you know, people building a better mousetrap, people, um, their product is better than the competitors, or it does something different, or, or things like that. And yeah, most of the time we do, uh, um, we do just say this does this versus the competitor, you know, might do this. Um, and we really try to highlight, even if we're not doing a direct comparison, we really try to highlight the features that whatever the product is um, that we're, you know, that we're doing the ad for. We're trying to highlight the features that are different, that stand out, that, you know, that uh, that that somebody might say, oh, like this has it and, and the one that I'm current currently using doesn't. Um, and then on the on the flip side, we also have a lot of ads that we do that it's something a little bit newer to market. So there's really not a lot of stuff to compare it to. So, uh, you know, it's more of like an explanation and we have to tell them why they might need it and why they uh, why why their lives have, you know, <laughs> been worse without it. And, you know, how how they uh, how once they get it, they you know can't imagine life without it, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, so you kind of have like two sides of the coin, but you know, the, the messaging is always key. You know, we always have to show the, you know, the benefits and you know, why theirs stands out from the competition. Mm -hmm. When we're looking at, uh, so like TV commercials, you're generally limited by the space that you have in between TV shows, for instance, mm -hmm. online, is there much flexibility around the length of time that you can generally do commercials or, uh, you know, advertisements say when they're watching a YouTube clip and it's kind of popping up in between, is it kind of, you know, is it between sort of 10 and, and 30 seconds or, or is there more scope to get up to you kind of your three minutes or, uh, etc. 
Yeah. So we, so when, uh, you know, when clients are asking us the same thing, we pretty much tell them that we can make videos as short as they want or as long as they want. But normally what we suggest is we just do different variations of the same commercial. So normally that means we'll produce, uh, usually between a minute and two minute long video. And that's kind of the hero ad. That's what's going to go on their website. So that means that um, somebody's already seen their shorter ad and they've already gotten them to go to their website. And so this person is, uh, you know, they've already got the conversion that way. And so they want to learn more, you know, about whatever the product is. And so now that they're on the website, they will probably, if they see a two minute video, they're already there, they'll probably watch the full thing. Hmm. Um, but then what we'll do is we'll also take that two minute video and we'll make a 15 second version for TikTok and we'll make a you know 30 second version for YouTube and we'll make um, you know different variations for like all the different social media. So pretty much once they're uh, you know once they're ready to publish, once they're ready to post, then they have all these different versions for the different mediums and they're optimized that way so that they're not having to, you know, pick and choose which ones they want. They, you know, they have a different version that's optimized for that. Mm. So I think, you know, if people are coming to you or coming to, you know, someone else to create an advertisement or commercial, they need to think about um, one, why are they doing it, I suppose? What other <laughs> considerations do you want people to think about before they even uh, come to you or, or do they kind of just wait and go, Oh, okay. Just come and check you out, go online. And then, and then it'll be so self-explanatory. Like, do they need to do a lot of prep work or is it just like, Hey, cool, come in here and we'll hold your hand and take you along the journey. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much that, you know, we, like I said, we've done, we've done so many of these that we, you know, we've even had clients that just say, here's my website, you know, that has some information about their product. Here's the name of my product. Or sometimes they say, we don't even have the name yet. And we say, okay, you know, we can, we can, we can make it. And so, uh, you know, so they can give us as much information or as little information as they need. Um, we, you know, if, if clients come to us and they say, oh, like, I don't think we're there yet. Um, obviously if the product isn't, isn't at a state where, uh, like for instance, uh, we would always say, if you, if you don't know the name of your product yet and you're still working on it, then we can make a video for you. If you have a name of your product, but you think you're going to change that name, probably don't get one quite yet because, you know, we can always add in the logo. We can always add in the name to the video we've already produced once you find a name. But if you have one name, we produce the video and then you come back and say, hey, we have a different name, then it involves a lot of redoing things, which, you know, which isn't the most cost effective. So, you know, but we always tell clients the the longer you wait to get it done, the longer the longer it's going to be to get it done. So um, normally for our, uh, you know, for like the the shorter like TikTok videos that we produce, uh, normally those are about a. Um, two to three week turnaround. And that includes script writing. Um, and, you know, for our longer ones, it's, you know, it's around a four to five week turnaround. But, you know, we always tell clients like, hey, if, if you, uh, you know, if you order, if you order the video today, then you only have to wait two weeks and then you get your video. But if you wait two weeks to order your video, you know, you're essentially now waiting four weeks for your video. So it's like, um, you know, the longer it takes them to, to, I guess, uh, bite the bullet, the longer it takes us to get it done because, you know, yet they have to add on whatever, whatever time they waited as well. Yeah. Great. If you're to put your futuristic hat on, uh, where do you see commercials advertisements in 2030? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think, I think, uh, we'll just see them a lot more places. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, 50 years ago or, you know, even, uh, even what, seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, there was only a certain, there were only a certain amount of places that you would see ads, you know, you would see them on Facebook, you would see them. I don't even know on Instagram yet. Um, so, so there are only a certain amount of places and then, you know, fast forward to 2023, 
you know, you, you see them everywhere on every platform on um, almost every streaming service now. And so I think, uh, you know, I think 2030, if we're going the way of Blade Runner, you know, we're just going to see big, uh, you know, advertisements on on the buildings and everywhere else. So I think, uh, you know, as time progresses, we're just going to see more ads, you know, in, in places that we that we wouldn't have thought. The opportunities and possibilities are endless. And so it's always exciting yeah. when you're in a creative space to be open minded to what is possible in the future. We all know smart people have great answers, but the most successful people ask great questions. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Um, so let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So we uh, just... Personally, professionally, either uh, doesn't matter. Okay. Um, hmm. Uh, I mean, five years ago, I became a dad. That was that was a big uh, turning point, and you know, I, I that's that's the one of the big things I can think of. <laughs> uh, it's pretty big. Uh, it's pretty big. Yeah, I've got a sixteen-week-old daughter, and so uh, yeah, game changer. Yeah. It's good fun though. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something you're never really prepared for, but then, you know, you're just over the moon once, once, once it happens. <laughs> Beautiful. What is the one question that you would love to solve? Um, probably, uh, <laughs> probably what, what is the best ad platform? Um, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of niche to, to what we do, but you know, we we build advertisements for every ad platform and we, you know, for YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you know, uh, TV, all of them. So it would be it would be great if somebody just did a big, huge research paper. And so if a client comes to us and says, what ad platform should we make our video for? I can give them a decisive this one. This one is the best. This one gives you the most clicks and eyeballs and views and, and conversions like that would be pretty great if I could if I could do that <laughs> <laughs> for you what is an inspiring great leader and who is a great example of this for you um so uh I mean I mean uh you know great leader I would say um puts themselves in, in, uh, other people's shoes, like the people that they lead. So, um, uh, that means that if you're, if you're a business owner and you have employees, then you, if you, if you've started, if you've started as an employee and now you're, um, you know, now you're the boss, you should have done or, or be willing to do, uh, the work of the people that, you know, that you're leading, um, so that you're never, you're never really asking them to do stuff that you don't have a hand in or that you don't have experience in. Um, uh, you know, because that, you know, there are, you know, like, uh, I guess the, the new owner uh, or the new CEO of Starbucks, you know, he got certified as a barista and he, you know, and he said that he was going to be working one day, um, as a barista in different Starbucks around, around the world. And, you know, apparently he's doing that so far and, and, uh, you know, getting, getting the experience of the people that you're leading is, is really important because, you know, you, you get, you get the, the empathy, you know, uh, when, when you're asking them to do something that, you know, that, you know, that you've done it too. So, you know, you, you'll either not ask too much or you'll know exactly what to ask. Uh, I love, I like that. I like that. It's really good. Walking in other people's shoes that you work with. Um, very good. Mike, been a, been a fascinating conversation so far. Um, how can people learn more about what you do and what is the best way for people to contact you? Sure. So, uh, you can go to our website. It's thinkenvy.com. So that's T H I N K E N V Y.com. And then we're on all the social medias. All of them are thinkenvy as well. 
And um, if you go to our, our website and you, uh, after you look at all of our stuff, if you just click on the order a video option, you can, uh, if you just wanna do it right then, you can just uh, go through the, the quick form and just get a video started right away. But we also have the options to, to schedule a call or to send us an email as well. Excellent. Love it. It's been, it's been really good. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Loved kind of hearing about your, your story where your parents up and moved you from Ohio through to LA uh, to, you know, gr trying to live that big dream and get into Hollywood and that space and finding your niche for now in this area of advertisements and commercials. And how can you really go deep into that and create really good quality products but most importantly, make it really easy for people who want an advertisement or want a commercial to go here, jump onto the, <laughs> our portal. We make it nice and easy for you. And it doesn't matter whether you have lots of information, whether you have an idea what you want and, but you can create that space for them. Uh, to hear how you're integrating artificial intelligence into the work that you do, but thinking about what the technology might uh, be able to help support in your business in the future, I think is really inspiring. Uh, so thank you very much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure and look forward to following you and seeing more continued success in the future. Yeah, thanks again for having me. It's time for you to join the Inspiring Great Leaders movement by visiting craigjohns.com.au. Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to hashtag inspiring great leaders. We would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the Craig Johns LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next inspiring great leaders podcast. Where the ordinary don't belong.